You need pipeline, it's evergreen. And one of the best ways to do that is to invest in an SDR program. And don't just set it and forget it. You know, really take it seriously, put top leadership in charge and make sure that you put a lot of care and feeding into the program because it can really pay back if you do it right. Welcome to the OpStars podcast. We host authentic conversations with revenue operations professionals running the show behind the scenes, holding things together, doing whatever it takes to innovate to solve problems, build processes, and manage the data to build a modern revenue engine that powers a great buyer experience. I'm your host, Rachel McBrearty. Hello, it's Rachel, CCO of Lean Data. Welcome to today's episode where I'm joined by David Dulaney, founder and CEO at Tenbound, a research and advisory firm focused and dedicated 100% to sales development. Welcome, David. Hey, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to talk to you. Great to have you here. David is a sales development program building specialist with deep experience building highly successful sales development programs from scratch for technology companies. He's previously led sales development teams for companies such as Glassdoor and Acton Software. And he's also the host of the number one sales development podcast on iTunes, the Sales Development Podcast. So go have a listen to that and subscribe, and you can follow David for more great insights. Tenbound aims to uplevel the sales development profession through your cutting edge research and your practical consulting training, coaching programs. Really looking forward to tapping into your expertise and your years of experience to get your advice on how do we optimize and build successful sales development teams. Before we get to that, tell us how did you get into the world of sales development and then what led you to start Tenbound? Yeah, well, you really did your homework there. So thanks for your interest. You probably know more about me than my kids. So I had been selling sales training early in my career with a company called Achieve Global. I had always wanted to get into the tech industry. And uh, I became one of the first sales reps at at Glassdoor uh, when they were just starting to go to market with a sales team. And that was right around the time that Predictable Revenue came out, which is the story of how Aaron Ross helped to build the sales development program at Uh, salesforce.com. And so we had very little pipeline. We had very few leads and it was a fluid environment. So I pitched the sales leadership team to start an SDR program, a sales development program at Glassdoor as the first sales development rep. And we started to get traction. It started to grow. And more and more, you know, the sales development profession started to grow at that time. Many of the software companies that I saw that were being super successful had SDRs and and were really doubling down on the function. And so I started leading those teams. It was, you know, in between gigs at uh, some point, and now it's going on a long time ago, started doing consulting. So helping write playbooks, write scripts, train SDRs, and work with the sales development teams at these software companies to get them up to speed and and productive. And Tenbound was born out of that. It was just essentially really focused on this particular profession and and, uh, helping people to get better. You know, that grew into a conference and the digital media that we're doing now and 
ultimately supporting the profession and, and helping people to grow their teams and be more successful. Excellent. I'd love to dive into what does make a great SDR. Start with what is an SDR? I know most of our listeners probably know, but what is the role and what makes a great one? Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, in the software industry, it's pretty well known to have an SDR or a sales development team. And so basically most software companies divide their sales team into the sales development team, the account executives, and the customer success team. Whereas in the past, when I was coming up, one salesperson handled the entire life cycle. And a lot of industries still do it that way, but mainly in the software industry, they have it divided out. So the, the sales development team specifically is kind of the connective tissue between marketing and sales. So they sit between the marketing and sales department and make sure that they're leveraging the investments that the marketing team is making in brand and lead generation and, and field marketing to make sure that all the leads are routed correctly, taken care of, and touched appropriately to turn them into appointments for the sales team. And, um, and then they go outbound. So there's an outbound sales development motion where they're creating lists, they're targeting specific accounts, and then proactively reaching out to try to set up appointments for the sales team. And that connective tissue is really where you know we specialize at, at TenBound in, in helping people write the ship there on their program and make it work better or to start it at companies. And we're seeing, we're seeing sales development move to other industries, but it's really a, like a standard practice in the software industry and especially software as a service, obviously. It's a question on the inbound, outbound. Do you see the same SDR doing both of those motions? Do they play both roles? Depends on the, the size of the company and, and where they are in the continuum. So you could imagine a founder-led company that has some product market fit and they're starting to get some traction. They might have a salesperson and they realize that the salesperson and the founder is pretty busy with doing demos and account planning and, and more high-level strategic sales, but nobody's prospecting and nobody's following up on any of the leads and there, there's a lot of things falling through the cracks. In that case, you know, they'll have an SDR come in and do everything, follow up on any of the leads, do their social media marketing and go outbound, you know, and make a list of the strategic accounts and go outbound to try to set up meetings for the founders and the, the sales reps. So on the continuum, you start to get to a point where there's role specialization that happens. And then if there's enough leads to keep a, an inbound SDR busy and, and productive, and you're dropping the ball on outbound, that's when people start to bifurcate the two roles and have people really specialize. The other quick thing is that, that it's a very different motion. We see a very different personality that's successful as an inbound SDR versus an outbound SDR that makes it hard to have a hybrid if there's more activity happening in, on the SDR side. That's interesting. And I understand that SDRs tend to be staffed with 
folks that are early in career, just out of college. So when you think about hiring for this role, what is your advice on what do you look for in an individual? You said maybe it is different for inbound or outbound, but it does tend to be the first job for many. It does. It does. So it's really a nuance, you know, and again, it, it all depends on where you are in the life cycle of, of your company. And for example, if it's a high velocity, large total addressable market, you need to contact as many people as possible. The role might lend itself to uh, high energy, low experience, coachability, someone who, who can do a lot of activities, you know, really, really fast and talk to as many people as possible. If you're on the other end of the spectrum, like we've got the RSA conference here in San Francisco happening this week, highly technical, uh, relationship-based, long sales cycle and enterprise sales cycle. You may need someone who was a sales rep for a number of years and was just tired of being out on the road, but they're excellent at the vocabulary of your industry. They can build rapport. They can navigate a large enterprise, but they don't want to be in sales anymore they could be a great SDR for you because they have the specialized knowledge that you need to be able to talk to the market. You wouldn't want to put a, a college graduate into that role and expect them to be able to do anything because um, they just lack the industry knowledge at that point. That makes sense. So it's one of those, it depends. Yeah. And I really want to, the audience to be able to get some value here. And so I'll try not to be too consultant minded, but a lot of it really does come down to where your company is and, you know, the maturity of the sales development model. Yeah. High volume inbound, or if you're doing that strategic account-based outbound motion, you're going to need to hire those different skills. That makes perfect sense. So where does this team live in an organization? Where does it report into? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, the data for a long time showed and we're looking primarily at software companies, but the data primarily showed that they rolled up to the sales team. For a lot of, a lot of uh, years, it was, you know, 70, 65, 70% of the surveyed companies would, would roll their SDR team up to the sales department. And then it was kind of a split between marketing and, and even operations, sales operations, marketing operations, revenue operations. We see that shifting a little bit, especially as a lot of software companies move to a freemium or you know the product-led growth model. More sales development teams are rolling up to marketing, really working in lockstep with the marketing department to leverage PLG. So it's changing. And you know, it's one of those, if you're on the plus side, <laughs> it's kind of like the old taste great, less filling debate that just goes back and forth. It's an evergreen debate of where the team should roll up. And so there's a lot of different directions that you could take. The one thing is that sales sales is looking for the outputs of the team. They're looking for the meetings. They're looking for the app bats, you know, to be able to talk to qualified customers. They're focused on their deals and their quota and not as much on the sausage making that goes into creating those meetings. And so the, just the mentality of sales in working with SDRs sometimes is 
what have you done for me lately? And what can I kind of get from this organization? And there's always a lot of disappointment in the output <laughs> that they're getting. So it creates some tension, which you know could be good or bad, depending on how it's manifested. On the flip side, if they roll up to marketing, there's a lot of potential for synergy and, and planning and coordination based on the, the marketing campaigns that are happening and optimization of the investment that marketing's making to make sure that nothing falls through the cracks. On the flip side, there's always the, the tension between marketing and sales that could be exasperated by having the SDR team roll up to marketing and not as much alignment that could potentially take place. So it's tough. So what's the answer? Have them roll up to operations. If you have a strong leader in operations who's interested in taking on the role, it makes perfect sense to have the team be a you know neutral third party between marketing and sales and really leverage the work that you do in, in the operational side. The role is that bridge, and as such, and as we're seeing revenue operations teams evolve to guide connecting the revenue across the company, it makes sense that this team could fit well in a revenue operations or operations team. It tends to be the first human touch with a company. First person you talk to, your first conversation is probably with that SDR. Is that fair to say? It is. It's like sales in general. It's an art and a science. You know, for many years, it was just sort of a black art, you know, of how do they do that? Can you guys bring in some more money, please? We don't know what you're doing. But now, you know, obviously over the last 20 years, the science piece of sales has become more and more important, accelerated by advancements on the operations side, and especially with the SDRs. The art is creating the compelling messaging and being on, on brand and making sure that you're appealing to people and not annoying them. That's a huge thing that people can work on. So there's there's an art aspect, but there's a huge science aspect in understanding what's working and what's not and leveraging all the software tools that we have available to iterate on the, the program. There's so many different measurements that can be applied to the motions of the SDR team. And, and someone has to be really good at creating the reports and the dashboards and the the feedback to then be able to change the behavior and get better results. So it makes a lot of sense to really integrate it with the operations team. Yeah, that it does. So there's two things that you mentioned that I wanted to deep dive on. One is the creation of content and how does the team think about that and aligning to the persona then the other is, I'd love to hear some of the key metrics, but I'd love to talk about those two, two things, get your insight. If you've got uh, support at the company, there's probably sales enablement and product marketing and some help there. If it's just you, you know, you're the founder or, or you're the sales development manager, you got to do it yourself to get them you know, up to speed. What we recommend is you look at the skill development of the SDRs as, as like a Venn diagram. On, on one, one of the circles is the sales skills, the cold calling and writing emails and you know just the foundational block and tackling of doing sales, especially outbound sales. 
And then the, the other one is understanding the personas and the pain points that they're dealing with out there. This is something that many of the companies just sort of gloss over with the SDRs because don't think that is something relevant, but it actually is where we recommend starting. And so, for example, if you've got a new recruit who's coming in and they need obviously the the training on the sales skills, but they don't know anything about the industry. They've never been to a conference pertaining to the industry that you're calling on. They don't have the vocabulary. They, they don't have a picture of the day in the life of the personas or what they're dealing with every day. And so, you know, they're basically coming in cold. And then after a little bit of training, they're asked to call on people that have 10, 20 years experience and have a decent conversation or be able to get some kind of response on their email. So we definitely recommend start with overview of the industry, the main players, the people that they'll be calling on, and then some of their top pain points and put together at least a basic onboarding program for the first couple of weeks to try to get them up to speed on you know, some of those important points before you unleash them. We see a lot of people just sort of give the SDR some product training on the tools and then hope for the best. And we see the results of this. There's a lot of poor automation and people just sort of irritating their target market, which is the opposite of what you want to do. Managing that and, and making sure that it's working was the second part of your question. So close connection with marketing, who's thinking about the persona, the pain points, having the conversation that you can help them solve those pain points. The SDR doesn't need to be a deep product expert because your goal is to get the meeting, to do the demos, to do the deep dive. But knowing that you can help solve those pain points would resonate with the target audience. Then the key metric is, did you get them to that next step of wanting to engage further? What are some of the metrics that you think are really key to know if they're doing all the right actions and your thoughts on measuring things like volume, time to response in particular. Yeah. So, you know, if you're starting out and you're just trying to get sort of a handle on the, the metrics, think of a classic marketing funnel where there's awareness. And then within that target account cohort, first of all, are they the right accounts that you want to be able to sell to? Because you don't want anybody to be spending any time, especially on an outbound perspective in accounts that you can't sell to. That's just a huge waste of time. So then within those accounts, there's going to be the personas that you're interested in talking to. And then do we have their name and phone number or email at least, you know, within our database? Within the, that persona cohort, there's a very narrow group that's actually trying to solve the issue that you help with in your product suite. And so now it becomes the narrowing down of getting in front of those people and then narrowing those down to someone that actually has a pain point that's relevant to what you're trying to talk to them about. And then within that group, it's does the pain point, you know, affect or hurt enough right now to be able to carve out 10 minutes and, and talk to one of the sales reps. And so if you think about it from an outbound perspective, your target account list starts very broad and you just want to make sure that it's prioritized 
based on the addressable market that you're interested in. It gets less broad once you have the personas and their contact information in the database, because you know you might not be able to find them and, and attach them to the accounts. And then it becomes very narrow based on if you've made contact, you've had some sort of interaction, and there's enough of a pain point that they want to spend time with you. And then the final like conversion is, are they willing to sit down with the sales rep? And then is there an opportunity there? So if you're, if you're just starting out, you can just build it into those four conversion rates and start to monitor that. And then as you get more sophisticated and you start to break the team out, for example, the, obviously the inbound lead would come in sideways from that funnel because they're, they're already one of your personas potentially, or they work for one of your personas and they've self-identified some kind of interest or need. And now they just start sort of lower down the funnel and you can really optimize that uh, experience that they have. But if it's outbound, then there could be multiple funnels based on your vertical and the, the goals set forth for the quarter, for the year to break into new vertical markets and industries. But I would start start there at least with that initial funnel. Yeah, music to my ears that you're looking at the conversion and the journey versus volume of actions or activities makes perfect sense to me. I, I love it. Volume has a place for sure, especially when it comes to outbound, because if you think about it, there's a, a huge, hopefully total addressable market of qualified accounts. There's a huge number of people that work at those accounts that you really want to talk to. But then where the volume goes way down is, are they dealing with something that would make them want to talk to an SDR? And are you reaching them at the right time? That's when it just like narrows way down. So you've got to have the volume. You've got to have the activity. You got to be talking to a lot of people because there's only a few of them that would realize that they even want to talk to you further. Right. And so there is a place for that, but it's definitely the opposite of what they call spray and pray than the old way of just calling everybody in the phone book uh, or something like that, you know, or do you want to subscribe to the San Francisco Chronicle? That's not modern SDR work at all. Yeah. That makes sense. You work with and advise a lot of customers. What are some of the key pain points, the top challenges that you help to solve? I'm just kind of curious when, when folks call you. It kind of goes back to where should it report? It's sort of a hot potato sometimes because there's not a lot of glory on your resume if you say, I ran a great SDR team, you know, and it's really hard. We're just kind of scratching the surface with this conversation. Uh, there's a lot of work and blood, sweat, and tears that go goes into running a great SDR program. And so it becomes sort of a hot potato at a lot of companies when it starts to fail it's also a huge investment, you know, so the various financial people are looking at this and going, oh my God, what are we doing here um, if it's not performing, right? So long-winded answer, we get the call when the sales development program is, you know, maybe going south and it was just handed over to the CMO or it was just handed back to the VP of sales. And they're like, we need this team to start performing, you know, tomorrow. 
help. And so we'll come in and we've got this very structured turnaround program that can get it on track pretty quickly. So that's a use case. The other thing that happens if you go to the middle management level, so a new SDR manager comes in, they know that they they need to hit the ground running. They need a playbook. They need all the operation you know, support to run correctly. And they need to train the team, you know, like I said, yesterday (laughs) or tomorrow. And it's either that I'm going to do it myself and it's going to take six months and hopefully, you know, everything will work out or let me call 10 bound and we can just plug something in instantly and get it going. So those are a couple of things. And then, you know, the audience that we put together now, I'm just bragging, but you know, we have a very interested, engaged audience that's really obsessed with this very niche topic <laughs> that we focus on. And when we put an event on, we do an a in-person conference, et cetera, we can get very targeted leaders in a room and our media partners really enjoy that aspect. That's what we do. I imagine if you are a new SDR leader and uh Sales is like, where are those meetings? Where are those meetings? We expected improvements within a you know few weeks of landing. I've seen yeah. that before. <laughs> so that's great. One of the things that they do is they just go and hire an outsourced SDR company. They might have used one at their old company and they're like, they're pretty good. You know, we'll we'll just outsource this whole program. And that definitely has a place for sure. And if you can get good results. But a lot of companies, they want to really invest in their own team and their own playbook and the people that they're bringing on. And, um, and so they, they do it in-house. Well, I, I agree. I think it's too important a role. And you said that connected tissue, the first face of your company represents your brand. It's pretty critical to, to get right. Yeah, there is a place for outsourcing, but I agree. I see the most effective teams are ones that are really embedded in and understand that experience. So is there a framework for how you help to design an SDR team? We do. We've got the 10 bound methodology, you know, for putting the the team together and you can buy it for, I don't know, 18 bucks on Amazon. It's just a very sequential set of steps that anybody can do, really. If sales development's important to you and you want to make sure that you get the program set up correctly. And so... To make a long story short, yes, there's absolutely a formula. It's going to be different for every company, obviously, but the bones of it are very similar. Excellent. I did not know when I asked that that you'd actually written the book on it. So I will put that into the show notes for everybody. So any other uh, big takeaways or key things that you want to share about building a high-performing SDR team? Yeah. I mean, I would just say, you know, especially now as things are getting kind of weird in the economy, you always need sales pipeline. You need 3X, 4X sales pipeline, and sometimes more, you know, depending on what your board wants and the sales team needs in order to close. It depends how good they are at closing deal, but you need pipeline. It's evergreen. And one of the best ways to do that is to invest in an SDR program and don't just set it and forget it. You know, really take it seriously, put top leadership in charge and make sure that you put a lot of care and feeding into the program because it can really pay back if you do it right. 
So take a second look. It's not just plugging in, you know, college graduates and and hoping for the best. It's it's an important investment. So David, the tech stack for SDRs, I know there's a lot to enabling the team. Your thoughts, perspective on what's kind of core. Yeah, it really has exploded. And actually, we just came out with version nine of the 10 bound market map, which is sort of a MarTech 5000, but just really specializing on the sales development space. And it continues to grow every year with all the different enablement that's available. And, uh, you know, basics though, data is the lifeblood of sales development. You can't pass go or collect $200 without good clean, solid, prioritized data. And so there's always going to be a place in the tech stack for a good data provider. And then once you have the data, you need some way to organize the SDR team as far as their messaging and their to-do list and what they're really going to be focused on during the day. So that, that's created the sales, sales enablement platforms that give them the ability to communicate and track and, and focus. And then within those, there's a, a remote you know, component that's really important right now because most, most sales development teams are working remote and they need to be able to communicate and uh, work together collaboratively, even project management you know, software to help them to stay on track. And then finally, of course, you, you have to have a, a CRM and be connected to your CRM to ensure that you have alignment with um, the sales team on creating opportunities. So, you know, I won't name any names, but those the kind of the big four are going to be data, sales enablement, remote collaboration, and CRM. Thank you. So I have a couple closing questions for you. The first is any advice for someone who's just about to start in their first operations role? Try to get in the shoes of the sales team and the marketing team as much as you possibly can to understand a day in the life, you know, and their pain points. But to some extent, they're your persona <laughs> that you spend a lot of time trying to sell to. And you're not to whittle down the, the role, but you do want to make things as efficient and easy and, and seamless as possible as the sort of connective tissue between all these different stakeholders. And first and foremost, it's like, what are you dealing with? What gives you the biggest headache? What do you hate about using these systems and things like that? And then sort of reverse engineer your specialty back to being able to solve those issues for them. Look at it that way. Because the the opposite, you know, I'm at a high level with this, but the opposite that you see a lot is, silver bullets. You know, I'm just going to plug in all these silver bullets and create sort of a Rube Goldberg machine, work at the company for, you know, two or two years and then move on. And then the next revenue operations professional comes in and goes, uh, what is this? You know, the marketing team's not happy. The sales team's not happy. And we have to start from scratch. So I would sort of back into building that, that machine. Terrific advice. And final question, who in the world of operations would you most like to take to lunch? Oh, geez. He's connected, but I've seen John Miller present at several op stars and, you know, he's been involved in your ecosystem for a while and he's just brilliant. John Miller was the guy who started, co-founded Marketo and then he did Engageo. And I, I 
think he's now with demand base something like that but anyways brilliant guy i'd love to take him out to lunch and just have him talk for an hour all right terrific we uh we've had him on as a guest his podcast will come out right before this one i understand you have a conference that you run when does that happening we do we do three virtual conferences each year and then we do a live in-person conference at the end of the year. So we're on to our third virtual, which is coming up September 8th and is actually really relevant to your audience because it's about revenue alignment. And so we'll be talking, literally, we'll have guests on about this very topic of how to align the go-to-market team to best serve customers, prospects and customers. So that's coming up September 8th. It's virtual, it's free, it's gonna be awesome. And then the in-person one is sort of a gathering of the tribes, you know, for the sales development industry. That's going to be November 4th in Austin, Texas. And um, we're really excited about that. We we had the in-person conference in San Francisco last year, and we had a great turnout and some great content. Austin is live. It's hip. It's happening. It's fun. And we're super excited about that one. Excellent. I'll share that as well in the in the notes. This was great. Thank you. So thanks so much for being on today. Appreciate it. The Upstars podcast is brought to you by Lean Data. To find out more about us and our suite of Salesforce native products for marketing, sales, and revenue operations, head to leandata.com. And then make sure to search for Upstars in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, or anywhere else podcasts are found. Make sure to click subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at Opstars and Lean Data, thanks for listening.